Lord, we pray that those around us, the world around us, would know that we are Christians by our love. Help us to express it, Lord, uh, not just with words, but in our actions, in our deeds, in our daily lives. Lord, we thank you that you prepared the heart of Brother Curtis to share your words this morning in the sermon that open our ears that we may hear what you have to say to us. Lord, help us to regard your holy word as they are divinely inspired by you, that they are written for our instruction, for our correction. Lord, help us to dwell upon what you say, not just during the service, but the remainder of the week and the remainder of our lives. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We, we appreciate and are ever so thankful for all that you do for us. We are most thankful, Lord, for the blood of the Lamb, for the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that his blood was shed on that cross because of me and for me, for each one here. As, as your word says, whosoever believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. Lord, we pray. As we see the turmoil in our world around us, we pray for our world. We pray for those in harm's way. But we pray that above all things, that they may know you and that you would be known. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 12, 12 through 31. Last week we talked about uh, the diversities of the gifts, but the same spirit. We're going to talk a little bit today. Uh, we're going to read and preach today um, about how the body has many different parts, but it is one body. It's it's a you know the Apostle Paul um, sometimes in writing to uh, the different churches where he uh, that he planted and where he pastored and where he led uh, says to them, "I'm not writing to you as spiritual people, but as as children." Okay, and I look at this one and this um, illustration that he uses here, and I'm going, even a child can understand this. Okay, the hope is that all adults can too. I'm not in trouble for saying that, right? Okay, because, um, you know, uh, Andy said, you know, when, when he was growing up, uh, he had siblings and he didn't always get along. And my, my question, of course, um, was, and whose fault was that? <laughs> I know a lot of time in my house whose fault it was, okay? Um, and sometimes it was because they did something and I was so easily offended. And sometimes it was because I did something that they should have been offended by, okay? Um, but when we look at the text, at this whole letter, as a matter of fact, all of 1 Corinthians is really focusing on one thing, unity in Christ, loving one another, okay? And so when we look at this part of the text, yeah, it deals with everybody as a part of the body of Christ, and we need to focus on that. We need to think about that. We need to be, um, we need to be serious and intentional about that. But it's also focusing on, on the fact that because everybody's a part of the body of Christ, 
every Christian, every believer, every follower of Jesus, every Jesus lover is a part of the body of Christ. Because of that, we also need to love them. And I, and I love that. Uh, and I can't even remember the word. It's talking about um, not, 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 not humiliating somebody. Use the word pride in there, okay, uh, in that song. And I love that, okay, because so often that's what happens, okay. In order for one person to be lifted up, we humiliate another. I've been guilty of that, okay. Um, hopefully I'm not as guilty now as I have been. And hopefully we all learn from that happening. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 12 through 31. Uh, if you are able, stand, if you will, as we read. And some of the things that the Apostle Paul writes here just seem obvious, okay? But we'll cover those. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body, of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we th think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Yet, I show you a more excellent way. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, make it clear to each of us today Help us to hear it, to accept it, to apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Um, there's so much in here, and some of it is so obvious that it's, it's just like almost painfully obvious. And some of it is um, so unobvious that it's painfully unobvious, and we have to draw some specific attention to it. Um, and... Uh, See my new Bible? I'm already, I'm already writing in it, okay? And sometimes I miss something that I really want to emphasize, so I have to underline it so I don't forget. Now my red pen's going to go in my pocket. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, we're going to hit the next part in a minute, so also is Christ. Okay, so that's really simple, right? 
And then he gets to more of that too. For as the body is one and has many members, all right? I have a hand, two of them actually. Surprising, right? Two hands. Each hand has five digits, right? Okay? And, um, and yet that's a hand, but it has fingers. And each finger has different parts, right? Okay? And so the body is one, okay? My body. I've got, you know, a head, torso, legs, feet, hands, neck. Um, it's one body. And yet there are many parts to that body, okay? Um, uh, feet, knees, toes, you know, heads and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, right? And one body, many parts, one body. And guess what? He says, so also is Christ. Man alive. I look out and I see so many here at Irvin Avenue. And I look at you and some of you look similar. I mean, you know, if my dad and my brother were here, you'd look at them and you'd look at me and you go, they look kind of alike. And we are kind of alike. But you know what? We're not exactly alike. But yet we are all part of the body of Christ. Okay? And so the body, the body of Christ, guess what? That's what you are. And it's so, but, but you are not all of the body of Christ. And I don't mean that not all of you are the body of Christ. I don't know. Those who are followers of Jesus, lovers of Jesus, who have believed in Christ, who have, have uh, given their hearts to him, however you want to say that, you are part of the body of Christ. But just the people here in this building who are followers of Christ are not the only people who are part of the body of Christ. There are more people out there at other churches and who maybe are not even able to attend a church service today who are also part of the body of Christ. There, there are many, but one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. I, I, I love that text. We were all baptized into one body. You know, part of what we require uh, at a Baptist church when somebody comes to become a member of the church, is physical baptism in the water, okay? Now, we kind of um, uh, look at that and go, if you have been baptized uh, by a church of like faith and order, after you have submitted to Christ, then we kind of forego that requirement because you've already been baptized, you were baptized after you gave your life to Jesus, and there's no reason to baptize you again. That would make us Anabaptists, okay? We don't need that. We don't need to be baptizing people twice or three times. And so, um, but when we look at this text here, that's not what this is talking about, okay? It's not talking about the physical baptism into the water, okay? Um, for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. There are two words Two Greek words in the New Testament that mean baptized. Babto and baptizo. Okay? And I just want to be uh, clear about a little bit of that. One of them, uh, and they both mean, quite simply, to dunk under, to immerse. Which is why Baptists are so strong on baptism by immersion. Okay? And also because baptism is a picture of burial. And you, I mean, if, if I'm, when I'm buried, please don't just sprinkle a little bit of dirt on me, okay? All right? Um, uh, put me under the dirt, all right? And so it can't really be a symbol of burial 
if you're not completely covered, all right? Then it's also a symbol of being raised up to a new life. And if you're only sprinkled, you can't be really be raised up to a new life, right? So that's a lot of a picture of baptism, but it's not talking about that here. It's not talking about being baptized in the water. This is being baptized into one body. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. It says by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, not by water, okay? And uh, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Jews or Greeks, slave or free. Is there anybody left out from his description there? Jews or Greeks? Because he, he could say Gentiles, okay? Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. If you look at, um, at the, the world, there's two kinds of people. You're either a slave or you're a free person, right? And we could argue that idea because we could say that, um, that, that we are slaves to the government for the first two, three, four months of the year because we have to earn that much in order to pay all of our taxes. And then after that, we're a free person, right? But in reality, there's only two kinds of people. They're slaves or they're free. And in, in, the, in the Jewish person's mind, there were two kinds of people, Jews and everybody else. Whatever word you use for that, whether you, the word you use is Greek or Gentile, that's who it was. And what he's talking about here is, is um, the idea that those who became Christians, those who heard about Jesus and who followed Jesus, who began to love him, committed their life to him, didn't matter where they came from, whether they were Jews, whether they were Greeks, whether they were free, whether they were slave. They were all baptized into one body, into the Spirit of God. And then it says, and all have been made to drink into one spirit. Now, that's really just kind of saying the same thing as what it said earlier, okay? Uh, just using a different figure of speech, if you will, to explain the same thing. We have all been made to drink into one spirit. Um, anybody remember Nicodemus? Remember Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, right? He wanted to know um, how he could be born again and, 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 or how he could be saved, what he had to do to be saved. I'm going to turn to John chapter 3, and I'm going to read some of that. By the way, my words are not in red, so I'm struggling here. Um, uh, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things unless uh, you do, unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Here's what Jesus said. The Bible says, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And we can talk about this um, uh, being born of the Spirit or being um, baptized into the Spirit, baptized, uh, uh, drinking into one Spirit. We can talk about it in different, different ways, okay? But what it's talking about is the Spirit of God beginning to dwell in you when you put your faith and your trust in Christ. And then when he does that, you are now born again. You're born of the flesh and you're born of the spirit. You're born of the water. And by the way, that's not talking about baptism, okay? All right? That's not talking about baptism. If you want more detail, see me later. But that's not talking about baptism. Born of the flesh, born of the water, and born of the spirit, okay? You have to have both, right, in order to be saved. 
For in fact, the body is not one, one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. All right. So I've already talked about that. I have two hands. I have two feet. My foot should say, I'm not a hand. Uh, I'm not a part of the body. Is that true? If the foot should say, I'm not a, since I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body. Is my foot correct? Okay. Listen, some people can walk on their hands. Okay. Um, and I used to do a little bit. But, you know, I can do that, but I can't do things with my feet that I can do with my hands. Okay. And the foot's going to go, well, if I can't do what the hand can do, I'm not a part of the body. That's not true, is it? It's still a part of the body. It's still a vital part of the body. It's, it's important. Now, I want you to, we're going to get down to um, uh, verse 21 here in a minute. We've got to see the difference between these two, okay? And, but, but then verse 16, if, I am, and if the ear should say, um, I am not an eye, because I am not an eye, I'm not a part of the body. Is it therefore not a part of the body? The ear says, I'm not an eye, so I'm not a part of the body. Is that true? Absolutely not. So now let's get down to 21. And I'm going to cover the rest of those between us in a minute. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Because the, hand, the eye doesn't have fingers, can't grasp things, right? The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again to the head, to the, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. The head can't say to the feet, I have no need of you. So what we're looking at here is two different, two opposite ideas. The, the, the foot saying, I'm not a part of the body. Or maybe the hand saying, I don't need you. Right? So what we're seeing there is somebody, some member of the body, some person who is a follower of Christ and a lover of Jesus, either ostracizing themselves because they don't feel like they're important, they don't feel like they have anything to offer, they don't feel like they have a gift to give, they don't feel there's any way that they can serve, or somebody else who feels like this person doesn't have anything to do. Ostracizing themselves or somebody ostracizing them. And we got to see in this picture here that the Apostle Paul is saying none of that ought to happen. A believer in Christ ought to know that they've got a gift that they can serve in different ways. All right. Now, um, you know, we can talk about all the, the greater gifts and look at uh, those things. And, uh, and a lot of the times people, um, people look at the, uh, the, the, the preaching and the prophesying and the teaching and even, even the playing and leading the music as those greater gifts. We're going to see what Paul has to say a little bit about that, okay? And sometimes, I mean, those are the things that are in front of the people, right? There are some people, some people who are gifted completely differently than that. And they actually like that idea. There are some people who are gifted in such a way that they are behind-the-scenes kind of people. And they love to do that, okay? Um, you know why I'm up here? Pardon me? Okay? I'm up here because that's what God called me to do. And, and, and I've gotten to where this is where I feel I love to preach. I do. I love to preach. I could, I could, I could honestly go through a portion of the scripture every day if that would work out. And the problem with that is some of you wouldn't hear Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, and then you'd just kind of be caught off guard on what happens the next th on the next Sunday. But it's something I absolutely love to do. And but yet when I was twelve and thirteen, I was the guy that would hide in the back of the class. Okay. And not so I could cause trouble, okay, but just because I didn't want to be noticed, I didn't want to be seen. I was, at that point in my life, the shy person. 
And I know a lot of you are thinking that was never happened. It's not him, and it's not. But it's not me because of one thing. It's not me because God called me to a certain task. And I said, God, if that's what you want me to do, then you have to break me out of this shell. You have to help me not be that quiet, shy, reserved person that I really wanted to be as a junior high and an early high school kid. But for the time being, I would have loved serving behind the scenes, not being in front of people, not doing those kind of things. That's not what God called me to do. And he had to. And, and, and you know, I learned some things from this. Um, one, um, and, and I and I know, okay, I know, first of all, and I don't have a problem with this, okay? So don't feel sorry for me when I say this, and don't shake your head no, and don't, you know, disagree or whatever. I know, first of all, that I am not the most gifted communicator there is. I'm probably not even the most gifted communicator in this town. I may not even be the most gifted communicator in this building, in this congregation. That's okay with me. Okay, it's not important to me that I am that most gifted in any of those things. What's important to me is that I'm doing what God calls me to do. Okay, and that's what should be important to you, too. You don't have to be I don't have to be the best at everything. We just have to be who God calls us to be and obeying him and doing what he calls us to do. Now, I don't know where that one came from, Uh, but but. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Absolutely it is. But it's that I then that says, guess what? I'm going to back off and not help and serve. It's our job not to be what it says in 21. The I cannot say I have no need of you. Okay? It's our job to make sure that those people who are saying I'm not needed understand that they are needed, understand that they have a place to serve understand that because God gave them a gift, and they may not know what it is yet, but because God gave them a gift, it is important, it is imperative that they use that gift. All right? You know, I am so thankful that that I have two feet and two legs and half a brain. I don't, you know, I mean, because I love to run. I love to run. Think how that, and I know a guy who runs races and he only has one leg, okay? In fact, that's how he run, what he runs as, one leg. When he registers for a race, he registers as Juan, J-U-A-N-L-E-G, one leg, okay? That's not his real name, okay? But that's what he registers as, and he's pretty fast. He's about seven years younger than me, and I'm going to beat him someday. But I'm thankful that I have two legs so I can do those kind of things, Okay? But if I didn't, my life would be more difficult. Things would be more difficult, okay? So if my body were not complete, not intact, I would have to compensate in other ways. Mrs. Starner is not here today. I love her. And so I'm not demeaning her for not being here. She's not feeling well. Um, She woke up coughing in the middle of the night and didn't get much sleep and staying home resting. She texted me today and said, hey, can you make sure there's enough forks out in the young adult classroom. I'm going, seriously, where's my hand? You know? She's not here. Stuff that she would normally do, somebody else makes up for. Okay? And that's what happens in the church when somebody who has a gift 
that God has given them, that the Spirit has given them, and refuses to use it the way God has called them to do it. Now, I support, when my wife said, I think I'm staying home, I said, I agree, okay? I want you to know that, okay? And, and yet, there are some times when we say, I'm just not going to do that. And we say, why are you not going to do that? I just don't want to. And it's like, seriously? Jesus didn't want to go to the cross either. You know, take this cup from me. And yet, there's so many times when we say, well, what I do is not as important as what other people do. I'm telling you. And Paul was telling them that everything, every gift that has been given is important. Let's move on. And those members of the body, if you think, no matter... Uh, verse 22, no, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those, my feet are ugly. They're necessary. I, I might be able to learn to walk on my hands, but guess what? Not yet, okay? Those members which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need, all right? We cover our body, not our face, not our hands. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. Now, I want to want to cover something here, okay? Here's what we've got and what I'm afraid uh, may be happening in some places. Um, we've got to guard against it. Something that has no honor, we want to make sure that that person, that has greater honor. But we also want to make sure it doesn't have greater honor than the other one. The honor that he's talking about is just giving that one more honor, not greater honor than others, Okay? We don't want to make that mistake. And if one member suffers, oh, here we go, uh, verse 25, that there should be no schism, okay? You're giving greater honor to the part which lacks it, that there should be no schism or no division in the body. You see, you look at this and you move all the way back to chapter 1 and you read all the way through every chapter that he's written so far and that we've preached through so far, and you see that that is one of the main focuses of this letter, unity of the body. No schism, no division. You remember what they said? He said, I, I read, and it's in chapter 1. He says, you know, I hear that there are divisions among you. Some of you say, I am of Paul. Some of you, I am of Apollos. Some of you, I am Cephas. And some of you say, I am of Christ. He says, there are divisions among you. Okay? And right here he's saying, here's one of the ways we can keep from those divisions and those schisms from happening, that the members should have the same care for one another. All right? So the person, the one who would seem to be less important, Okay, and here's the thing. I look at that, and, and I read some of the notes, and some of the notes that, that I studied from is going, less gifted. And I'm going, wait a minute. Hold on a minute here. Hold on a minute here. Yeah, exactly. No. You know, less gifted? Really? No. The word there would be gifted differently. Okay? We have people who are gifted in so many different ways. Gifted teachers, gifted musicians, gifted administrators. I am not a gifted administrator, okay? I am getting better. And by the time I die, I may be half decent, okay? But I am not a gifted administrator. You know what I've done here? I've relied on many of you, okay? My wife is a gifted administrator, and sometimes she tells me what to do. And I am thankful for that, okay? <laughs> okay? And there are other people that will send out emails or text messages. Hey, have we taken care of this yet? Okay. And I can look back at them and see them and thank them for that because they are gifted administrators. Hey, we need to talk about this. Have we done this yet? And I'm going, oh, no, we haven't. Let's get this taken care of. Okay. And so when we talk about less gifted, I just want to mark out that word less. Okay. Because those administrators may not be seen, may not, may not be leading the worship services, they may not be teaching, 
but they are absolutely necessary. And I love them. But that the members should have the same care for one another. What's that talking about? Love and unity in the body of Christ. The same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with that member. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with that member. Now you are the body of Christ. Guess what? You are the body of Christ. I could go all the way around, circle, cover everybody around the world that's a part of Jesus, that has trusted him. You are the body of Christ and members individually. Okay? Each individual member has their part. And God has appointed these in the church. Now, now I have a trouble with this, this text. Because I look at this and I'm trying to figure out first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Is he numbering them in order of importance? And the answer to that is no. Okay? But if you remember what happened at one point um, in 1 Corinthians, I think it's 4 9. I'm going to go back there and you're welcome to turn there and see if I'm right. 1 Corinthians 4 9. There it is. For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last as men's con men condemned to death, for we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. Many of you will remember that picture there, okay? Um, this picture, when he's talking about this, is the picture of uh, somebody who, um, who is captured in battle, okay? And they are marching at the end of the, um, of the victory line, the the king, the general, are at the front on the white horse. They've just conquered them. The people last in line are the ones that are going to go to the arena to fight to the death. And that's what he's talking about. That's what he, when he says uh, the apostles and the prophets and the teachers, they're listed that way because they're often the ones, think about it in the, in, in the um, uh, in persecuted church, they're often the ones that are taken away first that are put in prison first, that are executed first. And that's the kind of idea he's talking about here, okay? Um, uh, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Notice he doesn't continue numbering them after that. He says, after that, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, okay? And so he's not really numbering them in order of importance, all right? Maybe in order of importance as the world might see them, okay? Because those people are doing the speaking and the teaching and, and the missionarying are the ones that are seen the most, okay? But he's not looking at one as more important than the other by numbering them this way, all right? Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Do all have the gifts of healings? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. Now, if all did all of those things, what sense would that be? I mean, think about it. If everybody was a prophet, how many of you would want to be up here on Sunday morning preaching if you were a prophet? I'm telling you, all of you would. Okay? If that was a gift that God gave you, you'd want to be up here. All right? I was, uh, um, when I was in seminary, um, we joined a church and started going to the church. And I was working and going to class. And I was adjusting to hard, back-breaking work, okay? Loading package cars, um, both at um, UPS and the place I was before that, Texpac. And I was working hard, trying to study. I was getting worn out. 
but there was something missing. I'd go to church on Sunday morning, but something was missing. I had an itch I just couldn't scratch. And I knew what it was. So I started looking around, talking to people at Birchland Baptist Church and asking, where do you need me? Where can I help? Where can I serve? And so I know that if God gave you the gift of prophecy, you'd want to be up here or somewhere teaching or preaching. I know that. You'd have that itch. You couldn't quit. God would have you or want you to do that. And you would want to be doing that. Same thing with teaching or, uh, or, and, um, uh, and, and with uh, administrations and varieties of tongues. You'd want to be serving him that way. And I believe that you do, that the gifts that you have, you want to use in the way he's calling you to use them. But not all are prophets, not all are apostles, not all are teachers, not all are workers of miracles. And if they were, there'd be a battle for everybody to do everything in the church. So God's gifted some in one way, some in another, so that guess what? We work together like hand in glove, and we can get the things done that God has called us to get done. Then he says this, earnestly desire the best gifts. The best gifts. And yet, I show you a more excellent way. And we could talk forever about which are the best gifts, okay? But the best gifts are the ones that are used to edify the body, okay? Okay? To edify the body, not to edify ourselves. But I show you a more excellent way. Come back next week. By the way, you want to know what that is? Read chapter 13. Okay? I show you a more excellent way. You know what it is. It's love. You have no doubt what it is. Love. That's the most excellent way. And we're going to hit that pretty good next week. Love. Because if you can do all of these things that he's talking about, yet you don't have love, then you're nothing. You know? And so we're going to hit that uh, next week, talking about that. But today, today, we talked about the body. And we're going to celebrate the body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ crucified for you. The body of Christ raised from the dead so that we can have eternal life. Before we do that, we're going to have just a short time of invitation. A time where we can consider, um, where are we? Are you a part of the body of Christ? And by that I mean a part of the body universal. Are you a part of the body of Christ? Have you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you given Him your life, your heart? Have you committed yourself to Him? Do you believe that He is the Son of God who takes away the sin of the world? Second, are you a part of the... <laughs> are you serving in the body of Christ? Are you serving the way He has called you to serve? And second, or next, are you a part of this body of Christ? And see, I don't hit that very hard most of the time. But I know there are a lot of folks that are maybe members of another church that have hesitated and are waiting and going, I don't know, this is where I need to serve or not. I'm here and I want to do this, but I don't know about being a member. Well, I'm going to leave it right there. And I'm going to let you and God deal with that instead of me and you deal with that. Because God's got a stronger grip than I do. And he can take care of that better than I can. And if God wants you here, then you need to be here. If God wants you to be a member here, then you need to be a member here and serve him using the gift, gifts that he has given you. Let's pray.
Father, I want to thank you for your love. I thank you that you are God, that you are the one who gifts us through your Holy Spirit, that guides us to serve you. Father, I pray that as we, as we know you through your Son, <clears throat> as your Spirit gifts us, that you will also guide us to serve, to use the gift that you give us in the way that you call us to use that gift. Father, may we be faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen.